This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, February 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. DPR adds new 1-3-D regulations in Chapter. Analysts reject Newsom's climate fund and Americans open to shifting diets. State analysis rejects Newsom's climate fund, offers less bond money for water. The state's nonpartisan Legislative Analyst Office, the LAO, released its assessment yesterday of Governor Newsom's proposed climate budget. It found the administration did not justify the need for investing a billion dollars in a low-interest loan program known as the Climate Catalyst Fund. Newsom pitched the fund in his January budget proposal as a way to support green tech while also filling in funding gaps for incentive programs for dairy digesters, water efficiency, and ag equipment upgrades, as well as composting projects and wood waste reuse. Instead, the LAO proposed a pilot program to first see if a need for these projects existed. It recommended dairy digester projects assessed funding through carbon markets. The proposed climate bond was also too ambitious for the LAO. It said water projects are further along with bond funding, while the state has provided relatively little to address sea level rise. It refers to Prop 1 with $7 billion and Prop 68 with nearly $2 billion for water projects. It suggested the legislature design its own bond that allocates more for forest health, for example, and less for groundwater management, which local governments could pay for through fees on ratepayers. DPR wants to reduce 1,3-D emissions by 60% in Shafter. During an Air Resources Board meeting in Shafter yesterday, the Department of Pesticide Regulations, Val Dulcini, said pesticide exposure is a main concern for the community. He added that he has personally involved and worked with CARB on reducing 1,3-D emissions as a part of AB 617, Community Emission Reduction Plan. Dalsini announced DPR would launch pilot projects aimed at reducing 1,3-D emissions by 60%. He noted that tarping all applications is not realistic, since it's costly and would cause massive plastic waste on this scale. He proposed 12 options in all, including deeper injections and a minimum amount of soil moisture content to act as a seal. Dulcini also said he's working with the county ag commissioner on developing a notification system. Dalsini added that DPR's Chlorpyrifos Alternatives Work Group and Newsom's budget funding is creating, quote, uh, good momentum for more sustainable pest management practices across the state. CARB approved the plan last evening. DPR advisors debate meaning of IPM and role of state funding for alternatives. DPR presented to one of its advisory committees yesterday two research proposals seeking alternatives to the insecticide chlorpyrifos. Feedback from the committee will guide Director Val Dulcini's decision for $1.8 million in funding Newsom had allocated in the budget. The Pesticide Action Network's Margaret Reeves criticized the proposals for not focusing enough on integrated pest management practices like crop rotation. 
Kendrick Klein of Friends of the Earth agreed, adding it was hugely problematic for both the studies would involve neonicotinoids. UC IPM Program Director Jim Farrar clarified that the funding is for near-term substitutions. And Catton of the California Rural Legal Assistance Fund didn't like that chlorpyrifos would be used as a control. David Lawson of the Western Plant Health Association explained that it was just one of several treatments required to provide a baseline. He later asked a DPR staff to explain to the committee what IPM means and how DPR interprets it. The committee was tasked with reviewing IPM proposals and researchers should get funds elsewhere for funding chemical alternatives, argue Klein. DPR staff corrected that the money was for alternatives and not specifically for IPM. Terry Gage of the California Agriculture Aircraft Association pointed out that IPM does include the use of pesticides, biologicals, and chemicals, and the committee should be looking at products that are no longer available, as one study proposed. Dulcini will decide on funding for the proposals in March. The committee will consider up to seven more research proposals in May. Possible snags in India trade talks. The top U.S. trade negotiator was supposed to arrive in India earlier this week, but as of last night, he was still stateside, sparing speculation that preliminary negotiations on a trade agreement may not be going as well as was hoped, that according to sources telling AgriPulse. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley told reporters yesterday he's pessimistic about any agreements with India to lower the country's tariff and non-tariff trade barriers to U.S. ag commodities, but farm groups are still hopeful ahead of President Donald Trump's trip there later this month. Steep tariffs bar U.S. tree nuts and dairy while the country's dysfunctional biotech approval process blocks distillers' grains from the U.S. Progress, but new herbicide still years away. Bayer is reporting progress on a new herbicide that could provide farmers with an alternative to glyphosate and other products. But the company's new herbicide molecule probably won't be ready for commercialization until the end of the decade. That according to Bayer's Jeremy Williams, head of plant biotechnology in the crop science division. Williams tells AgriPulse that the molecule has demonstrated great control of grasses, including glyphosate-resistant grasses, which have become increasingly common. It's too early to say which crops Bayer will be targeting with the molecule, but Williams said we're going to look at all major row crops and will seek regulatory approval in all major markets around the world. Bayer will need to conduct toxicity and long-term environmental studies before submitting a product for registration, he said. Trump's farm bill cuts hit from the left. President Trump's proposals to cut crop insurance and tighten farm payment limits are getting attacked from an unusual direction. Democrats have often been the most supportive of reducing subsidies, especially to big farms, which is a major focus of the proposals. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is citing the farm bill cuts and criticizing the president's FY 2021 budget. Cost and taste barriers for plant-based products. Only about 4% of Americans say they are vegetarians or vegans, but far more say they are willing to consider eating more plant-based foods, that according to a new survey. 
Some 55% of those surveyed say they are willing to eat plant-based meat alternatives. 54% willing to eat less red meat. That, according to the survey, conducted by the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication. But nearly 60% of those surveyed say plant-based foods cost too much, and 44% say they don't like the taste. About 20% of Americans currently consume plant-based dairy alternatives at least two to five times a week. About one in ten say they eat alternative meat products that often. Here's today's They Said It. California officials should back off and find something more productive to do than censor cow hugs. That Sacramento Bee editorial board arguing CDFA should not restrict a vegan creamery from labeling products as milk and including cows in packaging. Now here's a programming note. Monday is President's Day, federal holiday. So the next daybreak will go out on Tuesday. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, February 14th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.